come to you as sinner, and I humbly repent for my sins. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe you raised him from the dead. I will ask that Jesus come to my life and be my Lord and Savior. I receive Jesus to take control of my life and that I may live for him as this day forth. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me with your precious blood. In Jesus' name, amen. I froze as my phone rang. Kenny, come. Hello? Yeah, where my motherfucking dominoes at? Kenny, 
What? I'm on this voicemail. Damn fool. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, where my motherfucking dominoes at? It's the second time I actually bring my fucking dominoes. Give me the damn phone. Shit, don't hang up. Damn, let me just... Kendrick, you get this message, man. Call me back. I need to know when you're going to bring back my damn car. This man fussing about some damn dominoes. It ain't all that serious. Fuck damn dominoes. Shit, I'm going to miss my damn appointment. Fuck. Fuck some damn dominoes. Nobody want to hear that. Nobody want to hear your ass. Matter of fact, cut my motherfucking oldies back on. You're killing my motherfucking vibe. Back with y'all with another conversation from Opinionated Facts. Believe we on episode 11. I fucked around and said we was on episode 11 on episode 10. <laughs> That's my fault. But <laughs> I'm back with a special guest. Somebody who has been really, really uh, supporting the movement of me and some of my homies when we've been pushing this page on Facebook and just pushing this podcast, really been showing his support. Um, I had to get him on this podcast. He got a lot of wisdom on the music tip, on the sports tip. I don't know about the whole Nas is the GOAT thing. Maybe we can get in that shit. <laughs> but without further ado, I want to introduce my homie, LaKendrick Tank. How you feeling, bro? How you feeling? Man, What's up? Man, life is good, man. I can't I can't complain. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, happy that you asked me to join, man. As uh, like you said, I love I love what y'all doing with the uh, with the sports group. I enjoy it. That's actually what I spend most of my time doing online. <laughs> you know, it, it's connecting with the bros on there, man. And it, you know, it, it's it's a good it's a good look, man. I appreciate it, man. For real, that that's love. I know. I just want to get it out the way because I know I stayed up to watch this shit. I know you stayed up to watch this shit. This Damian Lillard. The Portland Trailblazers versus the Nuggets. And I just want to segue with the playoffs. We can talk about a lot of other shit. I know me and you both got in mind. What, what, with Dame Lillard doing what he's doing, having 55 points, 10 assists, one thing I want to ask you, do you think it's time for him to start requesting people to get the fuck up off his team? I, I think Dame... Dame is is a is a prime example, and it's you know Jay Cole just put the song out. Pride is the devil. Facts. And I think Dame is really a um, a great example of that. To where he he has so much pride that he doesn't want to be a part of that crew of players who are like recruiting people and doing all the extra stuff to build their teams. He's just like, man, give me what I got, and I'm going to go out there and just go at everybody's head. You know what I mean? Like, that's his mentality. But I just don't want to see him be a Charles Barkley or or a Patrick Ewing or somebody like that, man, because he's he's probably – you can make a case for him being the best point guard. You know what I mean? You can. You can. Of okay. course, you got stuff, you know, with the championships, but you know what I mean, like just based on pure skill, you know what I mean, like you can make an argument for him, you know what I mean. So he, I think he's gonna have to either leave Portland or, like you said, he's gonna have to be like, man, bring me some players in here, man. Like, like I, like I like C.J. McCollum, but that's not enough. You know, it's what not. Mean? Yeah, his number two has to be better than that. So. So, so yeah, like, I was just on Twitter scrolling through the game because, you know, I was all into it. Like, damn, this – I mean, that punch, dribble, step back, fade away, that's his, that's his go-to move in the crunch time. I don't, I don't know why, like, coaches don't foul. Like, 
Mike Malone had a foul to give. Then they gave the foul up off the Austin Rivers, you know, reaching. Right. He he could have fouled them. They was up by three. Sent them to the free throw line. I don't know why they didn't do that both times. Yeah. I don't know. It was just it was just a blunder move to me, a stupid ass move. But I'm looking at Twitter and I see a stat and it say Dame in overtime and double overtime, seventeen points on six of eight shooting. All other Portland Trailblazers in overtime and double overtime, two points on one of nineteen shooting. Yeah, so it's uh, it's just going back on your point. Like at some point in time, he got to be like, okay, CJ is cold. That's my man. But is CJ really gonna get it done for me? Is Melo really? And I and Melo is a a success story. And I don't want to say a success story like he was just trash in the NBA. You know, he he was once one of the top five players in the league. Right. I mean, as far as a success story, he was almost damn near out the league from OKC to Houston. Nobody didn't want him. Right. For him to come back and play this way, it's just not enough, though. Melo ain't enough. Uh, Nurkic ain't enough. Kantner ain't enough. Like, yeah, these he... players ain't enough. These players ain't enough. Who do you got winning in this series? Because I picked Denver in seven. I really think Joker too much. Who you got winning in this series? I mean, logically, logically it's Denver because, they, right. you know, they have – I think they have the more cohesive unit. Um but you know the fan in me wants to see Portland do it. You know I've I've always loved Melo, um, and Dame just got that ice in his veins. Man, man. You, want, you don't want to see. You know what I mean? Like for me, when I'm watching playoff basketball, I don't like to see the players who are the most entertaining go home early. That's why I was disappointed to see um, Curry not make the playoffs because you want to see Curry play. You know what I mean? Whether you or not you, you know, you rooting for them to win the championship, you want to see those type of players, you know, go as far as they can because that's the entertainment side or the competitive. You want to see Steph compete against, you know, um, Mitchell or somebody like that. You know what I mean? So um, to see Dame lose this round would be disappointing for me. Like I want to see him, you know, I want to see him play and compete against the best players. I, I do too. I do too. But it, I, like you said, and I think like we both agreeing, it's just too much Joker. It's just too much Michael Porter Jr. Even like with Jamal Murray out, like even without him out, they still have a way more cohesive team than the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, they do. But th- this just just showing us though, everybody, the eyes is just showing us that Dame is on another level. Like you said, Dame on another level. Yeah. But I want to get off that. I want to ask you about more NBA playoffs. So, Boston just got eliminated by the Nets, and mm-hmm. I, I ain't going to burst your bubble. I know who you are going for because, again, <laughs> you know, we be having these discussions <laughs> on the podcast, right. so I know who you be going for. With the Nets, is that the team to beat? Is that the, the your NBA Finals pick? Is is that they coming out the East? Um, I, I mean – so this is how I look at it, and I don't get, you know, me personally, I don't get how how people cannot cannot pick them because logically, when you look at when you look at the past, right? When you when you've seen teams build that caliber, like have that caliber of talent on their team, they at least go to the finals, right? Right. So you know, um, LeBron. Wade and Bosch, you know what I mean? Like they went to the finals every season 
whether they wanted or not, they were there for a championship. Um, Curry, Curry, um, Durant, Clay. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. else do we have? Um, you know, point, point is, when you have that level of talent, it's hard not to pick them. You know what I mean? Like, I see what you're saying, yeah. Of course I'm a Durant fan. You know what I mean? Like, but if, if it was just Durant and Kyrie, I'm going to be rooting for them to go there. But logically, I wouldn't be as quick to say that they're going to win at all because I, I would probably feel like that's not enough. But when you throw Harden in the mix of that, like, like you got, you know what I mean? Like you got two MVPs who, you know what I mean? Like these dudes, they they carry teams. You know what I mean? Then you got Kyrie who's shown on the biggest stage that – you know, he could kill you. You know what I mean? Like, he, look what he did to Curry in that. Yeah, great fight. second option. Great second right. or third option. Right. So, and I think what they shown, I mean, okay, Boston wasn't at full strength, but I think what they did show in that series is that even in moments where, so they'll go through a stretch where they're not hitting shots and uh, Boston would just, you know, be hitting everything and be up by like 10, 12 points. And it's almost like they toying with te- with the team <laughs> because at any moment, at any moment, they could just go like just go crazy and take the game over, man. Like this this the game today, they weren't really playing that well. They wasn't. Um in the fourth. And then all of a sudden, man, they just put their foot on the gas and by, you looked up and they was up by a dub, bro. So it's like, how can, like, what can you do with that? It's like Alan, I was just said, like, I, I was talking in a barbershop today, you know, shout out to the pit stop, you know, Cliff and them. I was definitely at the barbershop and I was telling them, it's like practice. Yeah. They using it. They using the first, they was using this first round. They knew they was going to have the bucks. I'm pretty sure they was looking like, okay, the bucks swept Miami. We, we got the bucks. They looking like we gotta get cohesive as a as a unit. Me, KD, you know that I'm pretty sure that's what KD saying to Kyrie and Kyrie saying to Harden, and you know they all three looking at each other like we need to get better as a unit because we, you know, we haven't been playing basketball long enough together. They mm-hmm. they didn't get a lot of tick together in the regular season. So I think personally, um, they use the first round as like this this go be our quote unquote. I mean, practice like right. nobody, nobody was go pick Boston in X amount of games to beat them. Like them losing in five is what most people thought. Like they might sneak one in, you know, Tatum got to go bananas, which he did. And that was they won. But this was a moment to be like, you know, we got to get better. We see what the Bucks got going on with Giannis and, you know, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. We got to be ready for them boys. And, yeah, they 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 looked at nice. Uh, speaking of just Kyrie and shit, you, I know you saw the video of him stepping on Lucky, Step, right. stepping on, <laughs> right, right. stepping on the Celtics. Uh, yeah, half court mascot, whatever, whatever you want to take it. And I'm pretty sure you've seen the fans going crazy. You know, of course, Kyrie did that. A fan threw a water bottle. Um, Russ with the popcorn getting poured over him. And uh, who else? Trey Young getting spit on. Uh, my thing, my thing is first, I want to ask you about Kyrie. 
was that needed? Like him doing that? Was that like something? If you was an opponent, you'll be like, because you know you got a lot of like ex players like KG and Big Baby Davis saying, you know, he he was he was disrespectful. Is that disrespectful or is that just like, come on, man? It's it's a fucking basketball court. Like I'm gonna rub my feet on this bitch anyway. Um, I don't think it was needed because he had already ripped their hearts out. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, you know, I don't think it was needed, but I get why he did it. Cause you know what I mean? Like he, every time he touched the ball for two straight games, they was booing the shit booed, out of him. Like they yeah. booed him. They were cursing him. Like they were chanting, fuck Kyrie, bro. Like really giving it to him. You know what I mean? So yeah. I understand why he did it. It's kind of like, okay, fuck me, fuck the Celtics. You know what I mean? Like that right, was the right. like, you know, that's that's basically what he was saying without saying it. So I, you know, I get it and I kind of like it because it's like I think that's what's missing a lot in today's sport is just that um you know that that fuck you mentality. Like yep. everybody is buddy buddy. Yep. You know what I mean? And, that's why I like Dan. I know yeah. we off that subject, but that's why I like Dan. Yeah, so I I like it in that sense that he, you know, he got back at them. Like, man, y'all, y'all got at me for two whole games, man. Like, y'all didn't take a break. <laughs> like, every <laughs> single thing I did. And now y'all want to complain just because I step on something? Like, you know what I mean? So um, I think it's getting blown out of proportion. It's really not that big of a deal. But, of course, with Kyrie, he's created that um, – you that know, that bubble, man. Yeah, that atmosphere, man. Yeah, for himself to where anything he says and does is going to get criticized because of how he chooses to carry himself. So um, I don't think it was that big of a deal. Uh, but the fans, man, like, I think this can potentially grow into something like we seen with the Pacers back in the day man. where a player is going to end up going, you know, squaring up with a fan man because they, it's getting out of hand like you got them run trying to run on the court yep like you said throwing popcorn on people spitting you know what i mean like they they, they run into the wrong player and it's gonna be man it's gonna be one of them yeah they it's gonna, gonna, gonna be ugly fans. yeah look, look shout out to john he said it before anybody he was john jiggy my homie you know jay rosa he said right it's gonna be malice in the palace part two <laughs> Facts, and, that, and that's what I believe, but like they, I, I feel like just getting on the fans and you know with COVID not ending, but us ending. I, I like to say ending on house arrest because that's what the fuck it felt like, you know, with house arrest ending and people able to go outside. You know, they just dehumanize players, bro. And I've noticed that it's been, and I ain't saying it's a race thing, you know, but it's been a, it. The NBA is majorly black. And like Jalen Rose said, I want to say, he said, um, you don't go to the zoo and spit on animals. And there, you know, the animals are there for your entertainment. So just because you got players who you don't like and you know you're looking at them as entertainment and not as, you know, a human being, don't give you the right to spit on the nigga. Because I'm like, Tristan Thomas, you spit on me. I'm meeting you at your crib. I'm definitely finding yeah. out where he we squaring up. <laughs> yeah, we definitely yeah. squaring up, bro. But the Lakers, they just got their ass whooped. You um, picking them to lose? You you done with them? I, I can't, you, you know, I can't pick. I can't go against Brian um, this early. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the same his, way. 
Yeah, you know, because his career, he's shown that, you know, that early in the game is kind of, you know, he – he usually he usually comes out on top, you know what right. I mean. So it's hard to go against Brian, even though it's going to be a tall task if he don't have AD. But even then, you know, just a part of me says that he's going to find a way to pull it out in these two games. You know what I mean? But I think, and I, I just made a post about this. I I think people are ignoring the fact that. It's not just about him being 36 and having mm. all of that mileage. People tend to forget about the competition. So not only is he aging and he he has all of these miles, these young guys are getting better. Yep. Faster. You know too. I mean? They're getting faster. They're getting better. Um, and he has to keep up with them. And you, you know, after a while, those things that you used to de- do aren't going to necessarily work against these young guys. And that's what we've seen with um, Mike on the Wizards. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he was coming back like he was still Mike trying to do that fadeaway. And now Kobe isn't the same Kobe that you played against a couple of years ago. Kobe is now a champion, and he's dropping 50 on his head. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? like – T-Mac ain't the same T-Mac that he was on the rap. Like, T-Mac is dropping 40, yeah, 50 man. on you, bro. Like, yep. so um, I think that's what we're seeing. And, you know what I mean? Like, to me, it's always sad when, when, when it comes to that point for greats, man, because you expect them to still be great. But the reality is that they're not just, you know, they're not the same guys because of the competition. So, um, hopefully, you know, I want to see him pull it out because I want to see him go against KD. Like, that's the, you know, that's the, con- like I said, the competition thing that I like to see. I want to see him go against who I think is the best player in the league. Um, but I don't know, man. It's not looking good. <laughs> man, it is not. It, not. I, I picked the Lakers in six, which, of course, ain't going to happen. But um, I'm going to still have to pick the Lakers. I think People, I had him at five, bro. See, you I had him at five. That's crazy. Yeah. See, I, I always thought this. I, I thought people were asleep on the Suns. And, you know, you can ask any of the homies, you know, again, you can ask J-Roll J, a.k.a. John. You can ask, you know, Jonathan Muhammad. I, I was looking at the Suns two years ago and was like, they going to have cap space. They got a nice pick in Aiden. They got, you know, Mikael Bridges. Right. All they need is one other player. Now, did I think they was going to get Chris Paul? No. I just thought, like, a player would look at them and be like, this is a nice young team, a nice young nucleus that I can hop on and I can turn this around. Now, um, AD, when I said this last playoffs, niggas was on my ass, Pauls. They was on me. For real, when I said AD is the best player for the Lakers, as far as he needs to be on the court, no matter how he is playing, I don't Mm -hmm. care if he's having a bad game. He takes so much pressure off of everyone else defensively and offensively. So when you got him in the hole, Aiden can't do what he's doing. You don't see those drives that Chris Paul was getting tonight. Um, Now the, the, the court is open for LeBron. He can do his, you know, passing to the corner threes. And, you know, he could – AD could spread the floor out. So, now it, it's just wide open for everybody. But without AD, man, man, I don't want to say they're going to lose because, like you said, it's an anomaly to say 
LeBron losing in the first round because he never done it. Right. So I still got the Lakers in seven. I'm going to have to roll with my gut. Hopefully AD come back. I don't know. It's a groin. That shit tricky. But I'm going to just have to say the Lakers in seven. Just because I picked yeah. these motherfuckers in six. I, I'm, I'm like you. I can't see yeah. LeBron going that early, man. Yeah. If you if if the Suns don't win the next game, the Lakers got it. Cause it's yeah, agreed. Like, agreed. Because, you know what I mean? Like, out of everybody on the court, LeBron has been in that moment on many occasions. And he yep. knows. You know what I mean? Like, and it's you already know it, the hardest thing to do in the series is close the team out. Uh, so, you know, the Lakers is coming with that dog next game, and they they they're not gonna let them beat them on their home court and win that series, bro. So, AD or not, that's how I feel. You know, what I mean? agree. Like, I'm I'm with you. So, um, and if it comes down to a game seven and Anthony Davis plays. <laughs> It's over, you know. What it I mean? is so, definitely over. So I think the Lakers are going to move on from this series. Now the question is, when the competition gets tougher, and then you have to deal with health, how will they respond? You know, what I mean, AD is—he's Mr. Glass, man. So him and him and Chris Paul are probably the most nah. fragile, fragile players in the in the left in the playoffs. So, um. I think it's going to come down to AD. Like you said, he's the best player on the team. He's the most – well, he's the most important player on the yeah, team. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah. and if he doesn't uh, – if he's not there, if he's not 100%, they won't beat the 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 better teams as they as they move on. So, um, I don't know. So, I'd, I'd be very disappointed if I don't <laughs> see Brooklyn and L.A. in the finals. Man. You might see another L.A. You might see the Clippers. Yeah, man. So remember when we had the conversation? Yeah. And I'm mad at myself because I did not make it to the casino to place the bet, bro. Like, yeah. Clippers are about to win that series, man. Like, man. I still got Clippers. In, I picked Clippers in six versus my my favorite team, my home state team, the Dallas Mavericks. Like, I just thought, like, ain't no way in hell that the Mavericks finna keep shooting 55% from three-point percentage. Like, that that shit was crazy. They were shooting fifty five percent from the three and fifty percent from the field, and I'm just like, ain't no way in hell they finna keep shooting like this when the Clippers they was the best three point shooting team in the league during right. the regular season. So I'm like, something got to give, and I just think the Dallas shooting was go give like the other guys. Luca go get his. Luca go get an easy thirty and and nine and eight. That's him. But if you could stop Tim Hardaway, um. Porzingis, um, Keebler, um, all them niggas, right. Dorian Finney Smith, them other niggas, you can stop them, you can win, and you can win by a lot, you know, because Luca, lo and behold, he don't have a number two. I don't care what right. anybody said, he don't have a number two. But um, what do you feel about that series? Do you even think the Clippers have a shot to get to the finals if the Lakers, you know, if say if the Lakers lose? I think they I think the Clippers are gonna if they could get past Dallas, I think the rest of the teams they match up good enough with. I think I think Dallas was a bad matchup for them. Like Very even bad. last year. You know what I mean? Like uh but the one thing is that um Doc Rivers didn't make adjustments last year. Um um Ty Lewis made adjustments. Quickly, you know what I mean. After that mm-hmm. second game, yeah, like, 
let me make some adjustments. He put Batoon in the um starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? Like I think he I think he understands the the adjustments a little better. And um if they could get past this series, the matchups are a little bit better. Like I like them in the next who would they play next? The um the winner is it the winner of Denver and um Yeah, I think it's Blazers. the I think it's the winner of Denver and the Blazers, if I'm not mistaken, because Utah plays the lesser seed. So it just depends on who wins. Um, I think, but I think Utah plays the lesser seed. They will play Denver and Portland. I think I'm not too sure. I have to look, but um, I think they could beat the Suns. I yeah. think they could beat the Suns. I think they could beat Utah. I, I'm still not that sold on Utah. Um, honestly, I am, bro. You, I you are. I, I don't yeah. think. I think they could beat Utah. And I'm gonna sit. tell you. I'm gonna tell you why I'm kind of sold on them. Is because Utah, Utah with home court advantage is a lot, bro. Like playing there is is just different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know and, what you mean. And and they have so they. I think they're complete at every level. You know what I mean? Like they they have they have the inside presence. They have the three point shooting. They have Conley and Mitchell who can both get their own shots and can create for other people. So, like, and then they have the six man that can come off the bench and give you 20 to Clarkson. 25. Yep. You know what I mean? So, I think, like, they they are the most complete team. Um, The question is if they can survive the moment. And and that's the thing, but like, but so so say if the Clippers play Utah in the conference finals, uh, if they match up like that, I, I don't know, but if they did match up like that, um, I just think Kawhi, Paul George, then they could go small as fuck. So now Rudy Gobert, he he he, absolute, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. To me, he's best as a help defender or when the team has a big man like Memphis and Valachunas. So like he guards better. When it's a big man on the court with him, when it's not a big man on the court and they go small and he got a guard out on the perimeter, that's when his game is just like what you do with him. So right. it's like now Utah has to go small. And if they go small, that's when I think that's that's not a part of their game because they like bringing in favors, another big man. You know what I mean? So it's like if they go small, that's when I think the game kind of get dicey for them. But. I, I think the Clippers could beat them in six. I think the Clippers could beat the Suns in like five or six games. Like, I want to yeah. say the Clippers going to the finals. I want to, but I just I, I don't want to. I can't pick. I don't want to toot. Bro. I don't want to toot the horn real quick. I don't want to really toot can't. it that quick. Yeah, I can't really pick them anymore after last year. Man, bro. that's my problem. <laughs> yeah, like I just you know what I mean if they make it cool you know what I mean but as far as me picking them, like I said I you know what I mean like until I see see LeBron get put out like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to go with the Lakers and AD man. Like facts. AD is the one. You know what I mean? So um it's hard for me to to think it's kind of like Brooklyn. Like I said, it's hard. How can you look at them three players on the same team and be like they're not making the finals? Like when people say stuff like that, I think they just doing it because they don't want to troll see trolling man. Yeah. Then they yeah. they don't want to see it, man. They don't want to see KD. Yeah. Uh, like you know, KD is the 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 butt of all super team jokes, for some reason. 
um, him and LeBron. I would say him and LeBron. They get the, you know, bun of uh, the super team jokes. Why I don't know because super team's been around since forever. Since since even even Michael, right? I mean, would you agree Michael was on the super team? I Michael disagree. Jordan. I disagree. I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. So if we look at if we look at what you know the term super team has come from this era, right? And if you look at what what these guys have had to to be classified as a super team, Mike hasn't had that. So they'll look at they'll look at Rodman and be like, well, Rodman had defensive player of the years and he was an all-star. Rodman's best years was in Detroit, bro. Rodman was Rodman was an old man <laughs> in Chicago. But like even- Rodman wasn't the same Rodman as, as Detroit in Chicago, bro. Like he he was not. And when the Bulls got him, they get they pretty much took a chance. No one else wanted to do like that. That was behavior reasons, man. You know, he was a fucking nut bucket. Like that motherfucker was yeah, crazy but, as hell. But would you agree that okay, so he got he had two defensive player of the year awards in Detroit. After that, he didn't win it. So, like to me, okay, so looking back. Um, at Michael Jordan team, and I'm gonna just start with Dennis Rodman. I felt like, like, like Jordan said on the last dance, without Dennis Rodman, we wouldn't have won those rings. And I'm pretty sure most Bulls fans would have said the same thing because, as little as he scores, he does everything else. He could guard one through five. That you know, he was mm-hmm. a, he's probably, if not arguably, the greatest defender. You know, oh, in cool. basketball history, he's definitely he, the best right. defender. Ever. Okay, so if you call him the best defender ever, then you got Scotty. Now, Scotty without Michael, second, second best defender ever. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. So look, I'm not disagreeing, but if you got Scotty, let's just when Michael left and retired, and he went to the conference finals against you know the Knicks, and that ghost ass foul call was called, and the rest is history. They should have went to the finals. That team had a shot to go to the finals. You add Michael, who some consider the greatest of all time. Me personally, again, you know me. I, I'm an Ergo guy. I'm pretty sure you don't want to argue that shit right now. But nah. I know you don't. <laughs> but he he's considered the GOAT by many. I mean, even by me, I look at him on a pedestal of NBA players like he was that dude. So when you add the best defender of all time and you add to some people, as you as you said, the second greatest defender of all time, some people think he's a top five small forward of all time. Then you add the greatest, just hypothetically speaking, the greatest player of all time. That's not a super team? Like no, you, because, uh, collectively a super be, team? Because this is this is what I'm looking at. So to me, what made the the LeBron James Heat team a super team? was the fact that he took, at that time, three of the top ten players in the league and put them on one team. So how can you beat that? And the, you know what I mean? Like, I on, you paper, mean. on paper, when you look at that, you're like, how can that be beat? Um, when you look at, um, on paper, when he took, um, when the... Um, when the um, Golden State came together, 
right away you like this is three of the top ten players in the league. You got Curry, Clay, and KD on one team. That's three of the top ten players in the league at that time. All right, so you look at that Bulls team, you got Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman. Rodman was not a top 10 player. And in fact, you don't think he was a top, like top 10, top 15 player? No, not at that time. You go back and look, you got to think about this. The Bulls had the opportunity to get Charles Barkley. So it was Barkley or Rodman. Um, When they went to um, Jordan to ask him, he said Rodman. Because he wanted to beat Barkley, bro. He right, right. Like, he don't, he don't so, want to team up with niggas. Like, right, yeah. so Barkley was Barkley was a top 10 player. Barkley was probably the best power forward, like, or at least the best top three power forward at that time. So he picked Rodman instead. Because Rod, he knew Rodman, like, Rodman is a role player. Like, he knew his role at that time. Like, all I got to do is play defense and rebound. That's it. Because I got the greatest scorer on my team. You know what I mean? I think I think what people underestimate is the Bulls had a way of putting pieces in place around dude. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's what it was more about. Is like you got all of these players around him who knew how to play their roles, and they knew who. You know what I mean? Like they knew who the best player was. Yeah, I, I think with all super teams though, and I'm I'm gonna just keep it a book. Do I think they was a super team? I, I think looking back, it makes me want to say yes. Because, of course, we see the history of what they done. You know what I mean? Like, I know, like, Tony Kukoc is going into, you know, he's nominated to go into the Hall of Fame. I, I don't really put him in that category. Because, he to me, he was never a top 20 player in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, niggas, niggas might crucify me for that, but he never was that dude. He's, he's mainly getting into the Hall of Fame because... Of course, you know, his pro career has something to do with it, but it's mainly his international play. So I don't really consider him. But when you look at Scotty and how Trent's like he he could he could be that ball handler that Mike need. You know what I mean? He could be that mm-hmm. passer, that facilitator. He he knocked down big shots. He could defend multiple positions. So now yeah, even though role, Mike bro. right, even though even though Mike was great at defense also, it, it gave, it loosened it up for Mike when you have a Michael Jordan, and, oh, I mean, a Scottie Pippen and, and, and a Dennis Rodman where they can defend uh, the other guys on the opposite team, the best guys on the opposite team. Now I can score. So when I look at it, totality of what they did together, I got to call it a super team. I got to. I'm sorry. I got to. <laughs> so, did you, so so are you saying it's a super team because of what they did, or do you think it's a super team on paper? See, uh, I think we're thinking about two different things. Because for me, like, so this is what I'm saying. So do you consider the Shaq and Kobe Lakers a super team? Uh, When you have two dominant players like that, yeah, I consider them a super team. See, I don't. Like, I think that that team, again, was just pieced together. Like, they built, they put the right pieces around Shaq and Kobe. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, I I think they just did super things. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they built that team, and everybody, just like the Phil Jackson Jordan, like Jordan teams, 
players around Shaq and Kobe knew their role and they played their roles. You know what I mean? So they were able to they were able to make it look like, man, this is a super team. Now when you go back and look at um you know, you got James Worthy, Kareem, and Magic on the team. Like it's fucking bananas. Yeah, that's the super team, bro. You know what I mean? Like that's the, like um you go back and look at those Russell teams, like all you know what I mean? Even like, the Larry Bird teams. Yeah, like to me, because you taking you taking the top 10, 15 players, like, and you putting them on one team, bro. Like, there's no way the league can compete with that. But but and that's that... why people that's why people are mad at KD, you know what I mean? Or mad at LeBron at that time, is cause dude, you you practically like Handing yourself the ring, <laughs> but, but I, yeah. look, I, I don't, I don't not. Okay, so I don't knock players for creating their own destiny or creating their own teams. I don't, I never knock LeBron. I not, and we going way back Miami. I knocked how he did it, you know. And some people are like, oh, he did it for charity, you know. It was he gave. It for, come on, man. Like I just knocked the way he did it. You know what I mean? Like. I liked how Chris Bosh and Wade did it. They came on the TV together. They was like, we going to, you know, he's going to Miami. I'm staying in Miami. I think Brian could have said that and did some of the same shit, but he made it into a big, what what can I say, a reality TV show. And that's the only thing I knocked on him. But other than that, I don't knock players for creating their own destiny. I don't knock KD for going to the Warriors. I don't knock LeBron for doing the Miami thing. But when you say on paper, uh, on paper, it's a lot of teams that might look super. You put them together, hypothetically speaking, let's just talk about Kobe, Karl Malone, Gary Payton, them old niggas, and Shaq, them old niggas with Kobe, They everybody thought that was a super team on paper. It was, bro. It, but It but, was, because that, that goes back to my point. Where did they go? Exactly. So, like, on paper, <laughs> on paper, they might look super, but when they play together – like they don't look super. So that goes to my point of Scotty on the court. Scotty Pippen, he showed I could be a number one option when Michael left. Like right or wrong. Like he he showed I could be that dude. Dennis Robin showed in, in Detroit. I could be the defensive player of the year. I, I'm still grabbing 21 plus rebounds. I'm still doing this. I'm still defending one through five. I'm still making the right plays. You know, the Draymond effect. Not saying Draymond is. I know they compare him to Dennis, but I don't. Um, but still, it's the Draymond effect. Like, I can guard multiple positions. That's super teamish to me because, to me, Dennis Rodman was a top 15, top 20 player. Shit. Pippen was a top 15 player. Then Jordan was the player. Right. You put them together, shit. I mean, how super, then, how super you want it. And then that's another aspect of it that I think people – so I – I think someone in the group one day was saying how um, prior to Durant going to the Warriors, the Warriors, they were a super team. I don't agree with that. I, do, I, like, I don't either. Yeah, they were homegrown. Um, and you got Draymond, bro. Like Draymond, yeah, okay, he does have value for what he – for. again, that's, that's building a, a team with nucleus, bro. Like – um, Draymond fits what they're trying to accomplish with Clay and Curry. He's okay. a good passer. He's a solid passer. He's the point guard. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he, you know what I mean? Like, he understands how to get them their shots. You know what I mean? So, 
that they're not a super team. They just did super things, bro. Like I think people get it mixed up. Like to me, when you take players and, and put them together and they're not homegrown, I think that's what creates the super team. You know what I mean? Like, because I think the term came from this era. You know it did. I mean? It did. You know what I mean? And that's what what players have been doing, like clicking up, connecting and going to this team and calling each other, going to hotels, like all that shit. Players didn't really do that back in the day. You know what I mean? They just left it up to the GM. Um, I just think it's this culture that creates that. I don't, I don't think um, – I mean, I personally don't think the Bulls team was a super team. I think they just did super things with what they had. <laughs> so I don't, I don't disagree. I, I agree a little bit, but I'm gonna ask you this: Is super teams bad for the league? Um, and this, it right now, right now, so. right now, I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so at this moment is because you have you have so many good teams. I think this is like the height of the league as far as how how much talent is is spread out. Like you have like with the seeding this season, I think that doesn't matter because um, probably seeds one through one through five in the um, East can potentially end up in the finals get at any moment given, given some type of injury or something like Kyrie. I, I mean, Harden gets hurt. Any of those teams are in the finals, bro. Facts. Um, Facts. In the, uh, in the West shit, one through seven to me is good enough to end up in the finals, bro. Like Facts. the Lakers <laughs> could end up in the finals. So that's the seeding doesn't even matter. So I think uh, I don't, you know, what I mean, I don't think uh, it's hurting the league right now. You got okay. people picking, you got people picking Brooklyn to lose to Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. You think that's gonna happen? I know you yeah. don't, because you got the Nets going all the way. I think but. it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be four games to two. I think if, if Boston got one game, you got to think logically that Milwaukee is gonna get more than one. So. so um, but I, I think ultimately, again, bro, it comes down to – it comes down to you have to – Milwaukee is going to have to stay – score consistently Man. for four quarters, bro. Because the way Brooklyn – like, the way they set up, man, like, they could just go on a 20-0 run in a heartbeat, man. Like, <laughs> like it's – Man, it's crazy. It's unfair, bro. Like – Oh, uh, so I think Milwaukee Milwaukee has a tendency to have those those stretches, and I've seen them play where they just can't put the ball in the basket. So I, I agree a thousand percent, and I do want to say this, and I know this it, it's going to segue to what we talking about. So with the Washington and seventy sixes series, um, Washington started fouling Ben Simmons with like a minute to go. Great, great fucking. You know, great fucking strategy by Scott Brooks. You you put Ben Simmons on the free throw line. You hack a Ben like you mm-hmm. hack a Shaq. You stop the right. offense. We know we, we can't stop y'all in the half court. We could definitely stop y'all from making points though, because we know this motherfucker go shoot fifty percent from the free throw line. So we foul him, mm-hmm. and I believe, and 
people might laugh, but I believe the Eastern Conference go come down to something as simple as making fucking free throws. What team can make fucking free throws consistently? I mean, 80 plus percent. The Nets. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. <laughs> the other the day, Nets. man, the, the other Nets. day I was I was watching um ESPN and they was talking about how KD and Kyrie both went perfect from the line. Like, Crazy. Then Harden only missed one free one. Throw. Crazy. Like you and they and they're all good at drawing fouls, bro. Like, so it's like it's so many ways that they could beat you. It's it's almost like you have to pray to off like Kyrie was the other day to where it just disrupts the whole flow, which that's not going to happen that often, man. Like he's not, he's too efficient of a scorer to have multiple off game. Like KD is KD can have an off game and still give you 30 something, bro. Into the line. Harden can have an off game and still give you 30 something. Cause he get into the line. And it's crazy with KD. And I think I posted this in uh, a peonated fast group. And if you listen to this, make sure you share, comment this podcast. I appreciate y'all for listening. But I shared this in a peonated fast group on Facebook where this motherfucker is leading the playoffs. KD with 34 points, bro, and shooting 69%. That's his true shooting percentage. That's, bro, coming off of Achilles. Man, and I had people coming out of my head. I was glad when you posted <laughs> that because yesterday I had I had them coming in my head when I said that the only um, mid-range shooter that's better than KD in the history of the game is Mike. I agree. And, I agree. And people immediately and, – and, and, man, like I, I love Kobe, bro. Like I love Kobe. And you know what I mean? I know it pulls at, at people's heartstrings, you know, mm-hmm. the, but what happened to him, you know what I mean? But it's facts are facts, bro. Like, Kobe is not shooting 69%, uh-huh. mainly jump shots, bro. Like, the dude, if he if he shoots 15 shots, 13 of them are jump shots, bro. Uh-huh. And, 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 and he's, and you know what I mean? And he shoots 69%. And it's scary because. Just think if he didn't come off of Achilles, like he was just, you know, just super healthy, which I think he is super healthy now. But this is a seven-footer. I don't give a fuck what he say. I know he don't like being called a seven-footer. Man, you're a seven-foot. Ain't no way you contesting that. Yeah. Ain't no way you contesting that. So the shots go keep coming. And imagine how tall, you know, and that's that's just his height. That's yep. not the height of his shot. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> his so, wings, man. The man's yep. seven foot tall, but he's shooting jump shots, bro. Like, there's nothing you can do but just hope that he missed. And if you see the way that Brooklyn play, whenever they go through, whenever they get in a position where they, you Need know, they're not hitting shots, he go right to the post and they just toss it to him. It, it's just like the Warrior days. Yeah. Like, like people, people, people was like, what? what? Because I said this. I said, yo, y'all do know they literally running Warrior plays when it's when it's time to really get a bucket. KD yeah. get in the hot post, go to work. Yeah. Get, everybody else get out the way. And if yeah. he pass it to you, get ready to shoot. Yeah. That's it. But I wanted to ask you this. You come in, you you from Kankakee. You from Kankakee, Illinois, right? Facts, yeah. Kankakee, Illinois, shout out. You know, that's where I'm at now. Born Move to, oh, yeah, man. I, you know what? I, I hate that it's so small, but I love the people here. I, I, I cannot. Like, I always talk shit about y'all because, you know, I'm from Dallas. But right. 
the people, the people here, it's a, it's amazing people here. And yeah, me just me just following, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm a fan. I, I always tell people this: I'm a fan of people I bring on. So if I bring you on, I'm a fan. I watched you, you know, write a book. I watched you, you know, move from Kankakee to Las Vegas, right? Right. Okay. Uh, so it's four years now. Okay. So I want to ask you this: How was it transitioning to moving from? A small town like Kankakee where if I didn't know you, I'm pretty sure I knew your cousin, your mama, your sister, your brother, somebody to move into a city so fast paced. Like, what was the transitioning part of moving to Las Vegas? Um, I think, man, it was of course it's a transition. It's not an easy transition. Just speaking on, you know, based on what you just said as far as the, the difference in the in the locations so of course that was a, an adjustment but for me what made it easy to do was that I was just motivated to to do something different you know what I mean and, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to you know do something different for my kids you know I, I was born and raised there I kind of seen where a lot of the things in the city were a lot of a lot of things in the city were going in a negative direction. And I didn't want my kids to, you know, be a, be be in that atmosphere. I want to try to give them a different chance. You know what I mean? Uh, let them see something different. Um, so that was kind of my motivation with it. A lot of people think like, oh, he wrote a book and that's why he moved. That had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it was just, it was totally, it was totally about my children. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I wanted to put them in a different in a different place, let them see see a lot more than I did coming up. Um, so that was my motivation. That's what made it easy to do. But once I got here, of course, it was a it was it was a tough transition, man. Just being used to that that small town life, and um, like you said, it's it's comforting to you know you go to the store and you see so many people you know, and you speak into them, you having a conversation or you know, uh, just going to different places, you feel more comfortable. You know, you go to a bar, you feel a little more comfortable there. Yep. Everybody in there knows each other <laughs> or knows of each other. You know what I mean? So those type of things, uh, um, just just gaining that comfort was the toughest part. Um, but um, coming here was so easy for me. Okay. So we both brought up the book and I, lo and behold, I did buy a book. Have I finished it? No, but I will finish it. <laughs> right, right. And it's called Black in America, The Life and Times of Tank Thomas, which is your nickname, correct? Yeah, uh, you go yeah. by LaKendrick. Um, but what came about writing this book? Like, what made you want to be a writer? Like, because I, I write, I write, I don't write books, but I write, you know, poems and you know, just free, I call it free writing, you know, freestyle writing, um, whatever comes to mind, it, it helps me uh, release a lot of things. So what made you decide, you know what, I want to be an author and just talk a little bit about your book. And I know it won an award, so I just want you to, you know, talk a little bit about Black in America. So um, to answer the first part, um, what made me want to be a writer. So originally like back in like high school, 
um, I used to write poetry. That was mm-hmm. my that was my first love, and um, I used to write poetry because I didn't know how to talk to like I didn't know how to talk to girls. <laughs> you sound like, like me, nigga. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know what I mean? Like I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like my game was just whack. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I didn't yeah. know how. I didn't know how to walk up to a girl that I thought, you know, looked nice and say whatever I wanted to say to her. So my way of like communicating, you know, and I was born, you know, grew up in the nineties where notes was law, you know what I mean? Like, like texting is like, I was going to say, yeah. Like we passed notes in the hallway, you know what I mean? Sir. Um, so what I would do is write poems. You know what I mean? I, I would give a girl a poem and, you know, just have them in awe, like, oh, my God, you know, the stuff he's saying. Like, that was my way of um, trying to get at chicks. So um, fast forward, um, I, I go through, you know, the horrible life experience of losing my mom. Mm-hmm. And um, by this time, you know, I, I wasn't really writing anymore. And, you know, I went through probably about five years of just extreme depression. Um, Very dark time for me, man. And I started going through counseling. And the counselor was like, you know, why won't you just start writing how you feel? Um, So I started kind of like a journal, just writing, you know, different things. And um, through that experience, I kind of was like, man, I want to write a book about my mom's life. So I, I originally started writing a book about her life. I would call, I would call family members trying to get background info on her, and nobody was really cooperating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, even my grandmother, you know, like I would call her. God bless her soul. My grandmother just passed away last year. Oh man, R.I.P. Yeah. So I would call her, just trying to get information in. It was like pulling teeth, man. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write about myself and kind of incorporate different aspects of her life into that and dedicate the book to her. So that's kind of how how the book came about. Uh, A lot of the book is about her, but it's kind of like intertwined with different events that I went through um, to kind of kind of help, you know, kind of help everyone understand what it's like for a, 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 a young single black mother to raise, you know, a black son on her own, you know, in, in a city like Kankakee, which, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, thousands of Kankakees in America. It is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> uh, most people who read this book has so many stories similar to mine. Or they relate to so many things that I talk about because all of us as be as black people experience the same things. You know what I mean? It's just it may happen in a different way, but we all go through similar things. So um strangely, the book the book was mainly not geared towards um black people. It's mainly about people outside of our race understanding what we go through as black people. So my my target audience with writing this book was really everyone else. You know, because when you read, the more you read through this book, you're going to be like, man, like, 
I remember something like that. Like I know someone who, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. don't start pinpoint so many things that you are familiar with based on your life. And um, of course I want black people to read it. I want support from everyone, but what I really want is for everyone else to understand what we go through and not be as judgmental. You know what I mean? All right. Um, because of what we go through, you know, they don't understand what's going on in these communities, man. Like we are real, we are living, you know, a very rough life, man. Like I, I live like some of the things I experienced, for example, I taught in one chapter, I talk about how on the playground at school, bro, like fourth grade, Steuben elementary, <clears throat> one of my classmates tried to give me crack, bro. Bro. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, and you think about that, what made me write it is because I was looking at my kid at that, like one of my kids at that time. And I'm like, I was that age when this dude tried to give me crap. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, you know how crazy that is, bro? Like, it, um, and, and it's wild because even with you talking now, so, you know, I'm going to just give a background. I'm pretty sure most people that listen to it, because I've I spoken it a little bit. I never got into death about myself um my mother passed away a few years ago Man, and sorry, i was no yeah and you know i was that's what made me pick up your book every time i saw you talk about your mom and you know i was writing this about me and her kind of intertwined in a life about myself and what i went through i was like well damn i went through the similar sh i went through similar shit mm -hmm. my mom passed away a uh, single mother um raising me uh two two old two other younger br uh brothers uh my older sister and my younger sister so that's what five kids right i'm like you know i i wish i could have the skills or the 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 just the know it all to put it all together so i can show the next young man or the next you know chris williams or the next mckendry like yo you went through this i went through it look where i'm at now you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. um, it was just me, again, on social media and, and seeing you on Facebook, like, well, damn, he going through that. I got to pick up this book. And that, that honestly, honest to God, that's what made me buy it. And I'm a reader. So I was like, man, I got to read this. And I just want to say, man, first of all, congratulations, because that book won a fucking award, right? Well, it's nominated. So it's I'm nominated. Hoping, okay. Yeah, it's it's not, nominated. Well, it won it. Fuck it. We going to speak it. Yeah, man. Speak it into existence, <laughs> yeah. bro. Because that, you know what I mean? That's a that's a moment, man. If I win this award, bro. Well, when I win this award, man. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's everything for me, man. That's kind of like the icing on the cake, man, for, like, everything I've endured. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, man. That's like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's like I didn't do it to win awards, but it's like, man, like, I really believe this book is going to, like, I tell people all the time, one day this book is going to be a movie. Like, I, I may not be here to see it. God, you know, God willing, I will. But if I'm not, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, my kids may reap the benefits from it. And that's great. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man, some great things in there, man. I can't wait till you finish it and let me know what you think. Uh, I'm going to let you know. I want to ask you this because I'm definitely going to let you know. I'm a quick reader. So give me like less than a month and I got you. I'm, I'm already right. done with chapter one. So let just just watch out. All right. 
new book coming out because I, I new new material. What's up? Yeah, man. So I so um, last year I spent. Uh, I didn't want to publish a book last year because since 2016 I published a book every year, but I stopped last year. And just kind of focused on writing and just um, you know, surviving that pandemic. I didn't want I didn't want to put a book out um under under that type of I viewed it as negativity. It was a very negative year mm-hmm. all around the board. And I kind of was like, man, you know, I feel like God is telling us to um be still. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I I thought that's like that's the theme of last year for me was just like be still. And um, so I, I I went through that, you know, just that meant that mind state of I'm not going to I'm not going to put anything out. I'm just going to be still. I'm going to write. And um, man, I wrote like three books last year. Damn. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I had like three books. So um, uh, the first one is going to be a part two uh, to a book I already put out called The Truth About Candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, somebody yeah. told me that was fire just FYI yeah. I had somebody inbox me was like Chris your ass reading slow read this one so somebody did tell me I need to catch up on that I'm gonna have to catch up on yeah, that also. yeah truth about candy is lit man it's, it's, it's not one of those books about you know anything um, it's not a it's not a non-fiction book it's not something you know that's gonna um uh, spark your mind on on some intellectual stuff. It's just one of those fun books that I wrote, uh, and but it's a good story. You know what I mean? So I, that's probably my um, second most. Yeah, that's my second most successful book right now, mm-hmm. uh, behind you know Black in America. But um, that you know I I didn't intend to write a part two, but so many people were on my head but about the way the book ended you know i was getting inbox constantly like man you gotta write a part two um so i did my wife didn't want me to write a part two either she was like you need to just leave it alone <laughs> like, nah, i got you know i can't disappoint people if they you know especially if it's people who support me i want to you know right. do something. so i got that i plan on having that out um by august Okay. Um, then I have a poetry book that I wrote um, as well. So that that's already done, but I'm just going to sit on that until the truth about candy is out. And then I have another, another book that I have done too. So I plan on having three out by December. Ooh, um, you going to have my ass reading, reading, huh? <laughs> I'd be on the grind. I'm always writing. Like it's not a day that goes by that I'm not not writing something. You know what I mean? Like this. Can I ask you a question? What what have have you ever, if you have, have you ever experienced writer's block? And if you have, how did you overcome writer's block? Because again, I'm I'm not on the same level of writing as you is. Again, I call myself like a freelance photographer. I call myself a freelance writer. I, I write when I feel the urge to. But for the past few months, I, I would say almost a year, I, I, I've had writer's block. I write poetry. I just had writer's block. So, you know, talking to an author, um, have you ever had it? And if you did, how the fuck you get over it? Um, since I since I've started writing professionally, no. Um, 
But in the beginning, when I finally had decided that this is what I want to do before college, and you know, because I went to college to be a writer. So that's why I always tell people, because some people think like, oh, he just picked up a pen and just started writing or like, no, like I'm a professional writer. Like I went to school to study, to study this, study authors. And you know what I mean? Um, I, I took it serious. So uh, in the beginning, before, you know, finishing school and all of that I it used to happen to me a lot man like mm-hmm. and, um I had a, a teacher tell me just keep writing whatever you thinking just put it down um it's a it's a process to writing when you especially when you're doing it professionally where when I'm done with a book I'm giving it to an editor and um he or she is going through the book and then they they give it back to me and it's marked all up with corrections and suggestions and you know i consider whatever they say and then i go through and uh kind of like a rough draft paper in school right so i go through and make those corrections and then give it back to them and then it's another um <laughs> another draft you know what i mean so <laughs> it's a it's an entire process to it but um, the way to overcome writer's block for me is is to write. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, the only way you're going to stop writer's block is to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you I feel to, you. No, I feel you. You just have to force yourself to write and whatever you think and just put it down and, you know, you perfect it later. Like if you're constantly thinking about um, something being perfect, because, you know, writers, artists are perfectionists. Uh. I'm definitely a perfectionist. <laughs> you know, we're perfectionists to begin with, but if you constantly think in that way, you're never going to finish a sentence. Right. So you just have to force yourself to um, put it down. And what I do a lot too is um, I think I think about everything before I put it down. Like I'll literally think out an entire chapter before I start writing it, bro. Like it works. It's kind of like, um, like Jay-Z with, with – um, with um, being an MC, how he thinks out his verses, he'll kind con- like he like he says he it's like an exercise in his head mm-hmm. until he memorizes it. I do that with writing, where you know I I build up this scenario and how people look, where they at, you know what I mean, like all of that, and then before I before I even pick up you know the keyboard. So so, so <laughs> with you being. Um, and I got a couple more questions that we can go ahead and get out of here. But with you being a writer, and I've known you personally through social media. I won't say personally face-to-face, but I will just say social media. And from that time, I've you know come to find out that you're a huge Nas and Pac fan. With you being a you know author and then you writing poetry, is that why you lean more towards the Nas's and the Pac's? than other rappers definitely man because they have that um you know they both they both have a history of writing poems um and i i think the way that they the way that they write um the way that they do music to me is like they're a writer right so um I could listen to them. I could listen to some of their songs with no beat and appreciate what they're saying. Storytellers. So, yeah. So yeah, that's the, those are the type of uh, artists that I gravitate. That's why I'm more Kendrick than Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't don't get me wrong. I appreciate Cole. I appreciate Jay Z. Um, everything that they talk about, but um, the style, like you said, the style of Nas, the style of Pac, the way the things that they're trying to say is 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 poetry. Like it really is. Um, trying to think of someone else that um that's that way. Um, I mean. Even to a certain extent, I feel like J. Cole, I always call J. Cole this era Nas. And I always get a lot of niggas at my head for saying that. Like, what What do you mean? What do you mean? I feel like even J. Cole, he could tell a story. He could paint a picture. And I could be like, well, damn, I feel like I was just, you know, whatever he talking about, I felt like I was in it. Kind of like Nas. So this I, is, so I'm going to give you an example of what I'm trying to say. Okay. Because uh, it just hit me. So. If you put your headphones on, right, you mm-hmm. put your AirPods in and you, you know, you just in solitude, you by yourself. If you listen to Illmatic, you could close your eyes and nah. feel exactly what it's like to be in Queensbridge. Nah. Right? Classic. If you listen, if you listen to. Agree. Uh, if you listen to Good Kid, Mad City. Same thing. You you know, you could close your eyes, put your um headphones in, and you could feel exactly what it's like to be on Crenshaw and Rosegrands, right? Facts. Like, like you Facts. know exactly like you could really put they put you right there in the moment. That's like that's poetry. Those are writers, you know. What I mean, those aren't just MCs. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, that doesn't take anything away from people like Jay-Z. Um, it's just that they're they're in a different space with the way that they put their music together, right? You know what I mean. So, um, um, like those are like my two favorite. Like, Good Kid, Mad City is like a top three album to me now, bro. Like, I like I like of all time, hip hop. Okay, like, okay, yeah. Like it's just because it's a it's it tells a whole story, <laughs> like. The album is like one story. Like, it's just a it is. story, bro. Like, it's crazy. It's an audio book, man. Like, like, like I yeah. tell people about Illmatic. I'm a huge Nas fan. And again, if you don't know, my son, his middle name is Nazier. So even though, That's like, dope. yeah, dope. even though, like, I'm a huge Jay fan and, you know, Jay-Z is my favorite rapper of all time, I appreciate what Nas brings to the game because, again, listen to Illmatic at, what, like 15, 16, and trying to understand it, then listening to it again and again and again as I got older and older, it's like, like you said, damn, I feel like I'm in New York right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm at the corner with this nigga, just like, yeah, I feel like I'm wherever he was positioning himself at in that time of his rhymes, I feel like I was there. Um, Quick question, and I know in my time, it's 1246. So I know it's what 1046. Yeah, you lucky motherfucker. Lucky motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Why I know Pac is your goat. You you put him on a pedestal above anybody. Is that why he your goat? I mean, because he like his 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 the way he put his music together, or like why is he your goat? So um you know, what I tell people, you know, one thing, one reason that I stopped tripping on the youngsters with their music is because so so someone who's 
someone who's 12 years old right now, right? Mm-hmm. They listen to me against the world. They gonna turn it off because they like this is whack. Yeah, they, they don't get it. You know what I mean? Like music, um, music is music. Um, writing, you know, authors. It, the bit one of the biggest things about um, art is the time period. Like Nina Simone um, had a quote where she said that you know. Art should reflect time. Mm. Art should always mm. reflect time. So when I write my books, I always keep that in mind. I'll have, I'll have things that pertain to the moment in my books to let people know what it's like to be, what what is what it was like to be there in that time period, right? Right. So when you when you read Black in America, you leave that book knowing that. I was born, in, like, I grew up during the 90s, right? You're going to, like, there's so many things in there that pertain to the 90s that you're going to know what it was like for me being in Kankakee during that time. So with Pac, um, the reason why I hold him so high is that growing up during that time period, bro, he, his music was a soundtrack to what we were going through during that time. Like, Me Against the World... Like it, you listen to that album, you know what it felt like to be a young black male during that time. Right. Um, same thing. That's why I appreciate people like NWA. You know what I mean? Like with with like people just look at a song like "Fuck the Police" and they think like, "Oh, they, they saying fuck at the police." Disrespect right. the police. <laughs> no, but if you look at that time period. Uh, Rodney King was the first thing that was just caught on tape. That happened mm-hmm. regularly back then, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and people started paying attention to it because NWA put that song out. So I think, you know, for me with Pac, just growing up in that time period, he was he was the voice for us. I, and I and I get that again. Um, yeah. I, I never shit on pot, and people always be like, "Chris, you always shit on pot." Always, I'm the type of guy like I'm a I'm a New York guy, like, and I'm not from New York. But when I say I'm a New York guy, I like how New York rappers, you know, they they're lyrical geniuses. I mean, from the mm-hmm. Big L's to the Notorious B.I.G., from the Jay Z's, Nas's, even Nas, even though he told the story and he was more like pot, he still when he wanted to get in his bag lyrically. He could do that. Mm-hmm. And um, many more, just many more. Fabulous. Lloyd Banks. I mean, so many rappers from New York who just can get in a bag of being a lyrical genius. But I never take away the impact. Like, me and you had this discussion, and you said it. You was like, man, his impact of the game is where I, I put him on the pedestal from anybody else. Like, his just his impact. And I, I, I couldn't even say shit. I was like, man, what the fuck I'm gonna say to that? <laughs> like, like what, what what witty ass shit then, I'm gonna come up with. And then, too, it's like, so, um, if, if Pac, if social media was around in, during the time oh where God. Pac was doing, like, it would, it would be even crazier yeah. than what it is, than what it is for him. Because, you got to think about this. Like you have a dude that's making music saying that he, uh, he's talking about blackness and standing up for blackness, mm-hmm. talking about our communities. And then he sees a, 
a um a, a black man being harassed by two but at that time he didn't know it was two undercover cops with dirty cops and he shoots one of them dude like so not only is this dude actually talking about it he's proving to you that he's willing to go that far for his people <laughs> so so just buddy ass was crazy <laughs> yeah, so just imagine if social media was around when that happened He'll be like, and I ain't saying, and I ain't saying like they on the same level, but you know how like Nipsey was, yeah. When you know what I mean, when Nipsey, yes. when people really started getting into Nipsey, you know, like I said, I was, I got into Nipsey, you know, shout out Calvin Payno, I got into Nipsey because of Calvin in '09, and um, that's when Crenshaw, I want to say, come out. I might be wrong, but that's when I believe Crenshaw came out that mixtape, and I just went backwards with Slauson Boy and all those mixtapes. And you listen to it, and he's speaking on it. He's speaking on Black Pride. You know, he's speaking on making sure your community's straight, making sure, you mm-hmm. you know, your wife is straight. If you got a woman, you know, making sure she's straight. You know, making sure if you a street nigga, you be a street nigga, but you ain't got to be a street nigga. Like, right. you, you know, you, you ain't got to live that life. You can live a life of being in the books. And, you know, if that's your lanes, don't, you know, don't don't fake like you you someone you're not, and and I feel like how social media just gravitated towards him when he passed away. If Pac had social media, even if Nas had social media when he first came out, bro, right. it it'd be bananas. The, yeah, the, it'd be bananas. It'd be bananas. Yeah, so I think I yeah I just think um so so to answer your question i think that's that's what a lot of it is is it's just generational generational things and um um just understanding the times you know what i mean like and a lot a lot of youngsters don't get to because i didn't get uh fully understand the early 80s and hip-hop and why you know some of the older guys are so big on um people from their generation you know what i mean right. like it's you know what I mean? But I couldn't get that because I was too young to, to fathom what it was like to hear uh, uh, the message when it first came out by <laughs> by Grandmaster Fly. You know what I mean? Like in the Furious Five. Like I didn't get that. You know what I mean? Like so, because um, like people like Nas, like Nas and Jay Z, like most of the time when you ask them about. Their top five, they picking dudes like Kane. Yeah, picking dudes like <laughs> LL. You know what I mean? And, and you like what? You know what I mean? Like Kendrick and Russ circles around them, dude. But which is probably true. But given what they grew up on, and they remember what it was like when Slick Rick dropped um, the Great Adventures. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I can never understand what that felt like because I didn't grow up during that time. You know what I mean? So I played, you know, I played Me Against the World for an entire summer. And during that time, listening to those lyrics and, you know, I I, I grew up on Oak Street mm-hmm. in Kankakee and a lot of the <laughs> things that he talked about during that time, like, I'm hearing gunshots all day long, bro. Like, it was to the point, one at one point, my mom wouldn't even let me go outside. It was that bad, bro. Like, she like, you can't even go across the street to play ball. It's to like every other hour I'm hearing gunshots. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm seeing all this and listening to that album. It was like the soundtrack to everything that was going on around me at that moment. Okay. 
Yeah. And that's how I feel with music. I kind of gravitate to things that are going on. So before I let you go, I got one more question. Well, two more, and I'm done. All right. Top five, not even top five. Give me your top three rappers right now, not of all time, but just right now. And give me, since we talked about sports, I would like to hear your top three basketball or it could be any players top three ba- top three sports figures right now and top three rappers or r&b artists right now um so top three rappers right now um kendrick what well, well so when you say right now are you talking about people who are putting out music at the moment or I people mean, just from the air i mean it could be as long as it's not like of course, Nas, Jay-Z, those guys, anybody. It could be anybody. They don't have to have recent music. So if so you I'll say do, like Kendrick, so I'll, I'll do it's this. cool. I'll do, I'll do the era, and then I'll do the in the moment. Bet. I'll Bet. do both. So for the era, right, like it, I would have to say Kendrick, Cole, and um, Drake in that order. I'm glad you said Drake. I know you be, um, hating. You be hating on my mans. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the whole writing thing, man. It broke my heart. So that so the way that the way that I feel about Drake is kind of the same way I feel about LeBron. Uh, LeBron, LeBron get left a bad taste in my mouth, man, when he lost to Dallas, bro, and I never recovered from it. So since because I never seen a superstar play that way on the biggest stage and it was just like dude you whack like I can I just can't <laughs> like I can't unsee that moment you know what I mean like I just can't unsee it so uh that's what it is with Drake and the writing thing it's like man like I I held his bars at such a high standard like he the dude's just awesome to me and then I hear these damn reference tracks and I'm like what so so I'm a, I'm gonna stop you right there. So <laughs> I cause you know I gotta chime in for my man's Drake. So with Drake, do you think like cause he put him on his he put him as a contributor on his album, meaning he ain't ghostwrite for me. Cause you know, ghostwriter mean ghost. That's the key word of ghostwriter, is, is the word ghost. And I'll be trying to tell people that that's the key word of it. Yeah. You you remain anonymous. I don't know who the fuck you are. We heard the reference tracks. He put him on his album as a as a writer or as a contributor, um, or what the rappers like to say, a composer. So my thing is, I felt like Drake used him to get the slang of that of that area of where Quinn Miller was residing, and I I want to say it was Atlanta. I, I could be wrong. I want to say it's Georgia. Um. I feel like he got the slang, he got the cadence, he got, you know what I mean? The the See, swag, the swag of him, and used his own bars, but got the swag of him to kind of complement what he's right now. Don't you think that's Biden, though? I do. I was just about <laughs> to get there. <laughs> so, to me, it's all the same. You know what I mean? So, okay, he may not have wrote every word, but he used some of his bars, like, you don't do that. So is Jay Z a biter? No, but I, I don't classify Jay Z that uh, that way because he wrote "Reasonable Doubt." 
Yeah. <laughs> he write all his so, shit. <laughs> you know I mean? So whenever I get, so whenever people, you know, what I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll talk shit with y'all or whatever when we get into the Nas and Jay Z debates. But you know, my homie Delon, he always know. I always oh, say he coming. I'll always be like Jay Z don't need. I know he doesn't need to do that. Like, like he said, uh, I know my own flows are foolish. You know what I mean? But with Drake, it's like I don't. And but and Jay Z doesn't have anything hidden like that. Nah. In all these years, somebody would have dropped those Jay Z reference tracks by. Of course, especially Nas with Ether. Just imagine Nas having reference tracks of Jay Z. Exactly. Exactly. So to me, it's like I don't know what to trust from Drake anymore. It's like. Did you write like this? These bars are awesome, but is it yours now? That's where my mind is at. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's I just I don't feel comfortable. Like, if you if you compare him to somebody that's a great lyricist, I'm picking the great lyricist. It's like him or Kendrick. I'm going with Kendrick all day because of that. You know what I mean? So, but I also recognize that Drake Drake is on a run that probably will never be duplicated in the history of Man. not just rap just music in general like he like he is unmatched as far as his his ability to just put together great music right and it's a 10 plus year stretch of being on top like right. not being like middle ground but just being on top i mean everything he drops is number is, one is like, number one like, anything yeah, he's so. featured on like he could just go on a song and then talk at the beginning. And it's gonna be really <laughs> like, I mean, he put yeah. so many rappers on. Like, people like to, you know, I, I like to look at the rappers he put on, like the future, even though future was coming with the mixtapes and stuff. But future ain't really get big until Drake featured on um, his one song. I forgot the song, name of the song, but he didn't get big until Drake was on there. Migos. They were coming with the mixtape, but when Drake got on that feature, they superstars, and yeah. you know the list goes on and on. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But um, what about three sports figures? Top three. Oh, I still gotta give you. I still oh, you ain't gave me. Yeah, I gotta give you the end of moments. Okay, so the fault. top three for the era: Kendrick, Cole, Drake. Okay. Um, in the moment, um, I would say Lil Baby. Um. Dirk, who you know, I don't really care. For yeah, him, I know you but, don't care. I know you don't care. I have to, I have to, <laughs> you know, it's just it's, it's Chicago rappers in general. You know, I know that's you know that's, man, that's Chicago taking over, man. That's close to home, but I just don't like the ignorance that they that they stand for. Like it's like how can you celebrate just killing thousands of black people? Like I just don't man. get that. Like it's it's just stupid. Um, so little baby. Um, Dirk, who was the other one? This is tough. Um, in the moment, I mean, it has to be Drake, right? Um, if I said if I had to say in the moment, I'm definitely going with those two, baby Dirk, and I'm probably going with Benny. I mean, you look at Griselda, he's still bringing that boom bat rap. And as far as boom bap rap, he's famous for it. I mean, I know Conway, people can argue Conway is better, maybe, you know, lyrically. I, maybe. Think, Con- I think Conway is better. Yeah. I, think, I just think 
Benny has the um he has whatever it, it is. is. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, he made good music. Yeah. I think I think you could put him on a track with so many different types of rappers, so many different types of R and B artists, and he just sounds great. Um, Conway, I don't think you could do that. I, and and you know, I, I love Conway, not not taking nothing away from Conway, but I just think Benny um he can do more mm-hmm. with with his talent than Conway can. And it's no shot at Conway. It's just I, I think Benny could do more. But that would be my three. I think we got similar threes. And I, yeah, I agree. I, I can I, I can definitely I can definitely see Benny being there. Uh I just I, it's again with Drake, man. Like you Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't deny that nigga. Benny through do touches is like, you know what I mean? Gold. Um top three basketball players in the moment you said in, in the moment or you know you ain't got to do all time or you know what fuck it if you want to do all time and do in the moment you can see all time of course mj um lebron number two uh well you know what i take that back <laughs> <laughs> i take that back because sometimes i you know I, I tend to forget some things so it was a post about kobe um bro that um really just made me view him in a different light bro so his wife talked about how he she asked him why he suffers through why he plays with so many injuries and his response was what about the people who saved up all year round just to come and see me play one game man one game and that's you know what i mean like that's like man like you sacrificing your your future because you know like that's after basketball that's when you start feeling everything like after all of those years he was going to start filling those games right yep but he was willing to put his body through all of that just thinking about somebody else so to me that you know what i mean like man like that that's just it's hard not to put that dude number 2 after i saw that man like i was just was like wow like and then and comparing LeBron to that and his <laughs> unwillingness to play every game, uh, it's like, man, like, you I know, they're going to kill you, right? I already know. <laughs> um, so it's, I don't know, man. I, I be back and forth with it. So at one moment, so logically, when you look at an entire body of career, LeBron definitely has to be number two in that aspect. So I'll say my personal two would be Kobe. Okay. Um, so, so on the logical side, we'll talk about that. So it'll be Jordan, LeBron at two, and um, Kareem at three. Mm. Well, no, Magic at three. Okay. I was going to say, you took my, Kareem is, I don't know why people don't talk about him, and when people talk about goats, why he don't be mentioned. But that's just another topic for another day. Because- yeah, the reason I put Magic over Kareem is because People fail to realize Kareem's later championships was because of Magic. Like Facts. Magic was the best player on that on those teams. I give you that. One. Kareem was at the latter end of his career. You know what I mean? Like Magic was that guy. So, you know what I mean? Like that's why I give it to Magic over Kareem. Um. Um. So top that was top three. Um. All time, like so, in the moment. I got um, KD, of course. That's <laughs> like, your man. <laughs> like, Easy money man, sniper. Like, 
off the Achilles injury, man, like still putting up numbers. Like that's just crazy. Um, so KD, LeBron, number three. This one is tricky. Let me see, man. Oh, There's so the, many good players in the league. In the moment, I mean, he's not so so this season for the first season in a long time, I got to watch um so back in the day, I used to watch all of the Bulls games. Like, I didn't miss a single Bulls game mm-hmm. during their run. Like, even before they started winning championships, dude, like, I didn't miss a game. Um, This year, for the first time in a long time, I got to watch a team entire season. So I watched every single game that the Warriors played because I'm on the West Coast now. Um, and that's, you know, that's what comes on TV here most of the time is the Warriors game. So, um, Curry's different, bro. Man. Like, like, and it's, you know what I mean? Like, and to watch an entire season of dude playing, like, he is, like, he is different, bro. Like, he, like, the way he changes an entire basketball game and, like, how teams have to plan, like, specifically for this dude. And not even just him with the ball. Like, they have to plan for this dude's movement without the ball. <laughs> like, like he's this running. This is ridiculous. And he's on the court, and he's running around 100 miles per hour the whole game, bro, like nonstop. Um, to me, he's my number three in the moment. Even though okay. he didn't make the playoffs, I don't think it's because of him. It's just because his team just didn't have a level of talent to match everybody else. <laughs> so, they, if, if they had so, Clay, they made the playoffs. If they had Clay, they making it. Yeah, they had Clay. They at least yeah. a number four. They at least a number four seed. Yeah, at least. Um, so to me, he's the third best in the moment. Um, I I wanted to say Joker, but I think I would. I just felt like that with him, just because of his team success. But as far as just being a player, like from what I've been seeing, like Curry is a different animal. He, he damn the number one. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I ain't even gonna lie. Like you know what I mean. Like Bron is Bron is just a respect thing to me. You know what I mean. Like I talk, yeah. you know, I talk a lot. You know, just fooling with the guys or whatever. But I, you know, I I, I understand his greatness. You know what I mean. So I'm never gonna hate. But um, so him being at number two to me is more of a respect thing. Um, but um, Curry is man, he he down there number one, bro. I like, mean, man, I'm keeping it a buck. Like he with, watching him play, dog is he's different with Curry. Like, and I don't even knock that because, like, with Curry, he changed. Like you said, he changed the whole culture of the NBA. What we see today, like without him, are we seeing players take these threes, thirty foot, thirty five feet from from mm-hmm. you know the three point line? We ain't seeing that. So it's like he he just changed the whole culture of the game. And then you ask any little kid, like ask any little kid, maybe 10, 11 years old, who they like. And to my surprise, it's going to be Curry. And, you know, even though I don't too much care for this player, Kyrie, it's going to be like them two guys because they bring an excitement to the league, the three-point shooting, the dribbling. Um, I mean, everything as a package. Then Curry is a good marketer. You know, he's married. <laughs> yeah. He, he a light-skinned married motherfucker. No scandals. Don't get in trouble. No scandals. No scandals. No nothing. Scandals. He don't get in trouble. He don't do nothing. He just come out. Knows how, to, knows how to talk to the man. Dude. He's everything you want in an NBA superstar. Yeah, everything. 
like he's he's him and LeBron are essentially the the perfect NBA player. Facts. Facts. <laughs> like they don't have any outside drama. They're marketable. They play well on the court. They're good teammates. Like it's nothing that you could go at them and just be like they suck as people. Like you know what I mean? Like right. good dudes. So uh, yeah, like I definitely agree with that. You know what I mean? Like Kyrie, uh, Kyrie holds himself back from being greater than you know he could be a lot greater. Like yeah. he, he's like the Randy Moss of the NBA, to where he plays when he wants to play. He does things when he wants to do them on his time. If he doesn't want to play, he's not going to play. Uh, he's Randy Moss. Yeah. Kyrie, I will say this before we go. With Kyrie, he has done a thousand percent. This coming from a Ky- I used to despise Kyrie, but he has done a thousand percent better. And again, this is why I think he does better in better situations. If he has a player he looks at and says, you know what, this player or players are better than me or on my level that I think I am, I can listen. I can, you know, mm-hmm. stand my lane. I can focus on basketball. I can focus on other things. If it's the religion change, I know he's a Muslim now. I don't know what it is. I just know he's been doing other than stepping on Lucky, which fuck Lucky. But other than that, <laughs> other than that. He has done an amazing job staying the fuck out of the way and just hooping. And if he just keep keep his hands clean, don't say no fuck shit like he be, he was saying in Boston, he'll be all right. Yeah, man. Hey, Kyrie, I, I told Jay, I told him that um, that Kyrie, it wouldn't surprise me if Kyrie won finals MVP, bro. Man, that shit would be crazy. He, but, he'll have to. He'll have to hope like Harden don't average Harden or KD don't average crazy numbers. Like if KD averaged like 35 in the finals, I think KD get it. If yeah. Harden averaged like 28, 10, and 9, then it'd be hard to say why not Harden. You know what I mean? So it'd be hard, but I hope he don't. Cause now I gotta hear all these niggas. Look at Kyrie. What Kimba doing? You know, I'm a Kimba dude. So <laughs> I hate to hear that. But Kimba. Before- Man, look, I ain't finna get on that shit. Man. <laughs> <laughs> My man's hurt. <laughs> right. But before we get off, I want them, I want you to get a people and everybody that's gonna be listening. I want you to get them where they can find your book. And I want you to give you your uh, you know, your social media handles where they can find you, bro. Cool, man. So you could you could find my book on just about every single search engine for books. So uh, but Amazon is the main is the main spot that I use. Uh, you also can hit me up directly, man. Like inbox me, I'll ship a book directly to you, signed. Um, you know we're dealing with the time, so I'll send you a signed copy. Um, that's probably the best way to do it. But definitely on Amazon, um, you can look me up under my name, Lakendrick Thompson. Um, on Instagram, it's Author Tank Thompson. Facebook, of course, LaKendrick Tank Thompson. Um, I'm on Snapchat. Um, I don't really use that that often, uh, but I'm on there as uh, Penmanship 2021. Um, but like I said, I don't really use that that often as far as um, book stuff. But um yeah, man, like, check me out. I got four books, Black in America, The Life and Times of Tank Thompson, Part 1 and 2. 
Um, I have The Truth About Candy, and I have my fourth book, which is You Should Have Listened When I Told You the First Time. That that book was dedicated to uh, my kids and kind of trying to address teenage and parent issues. So that's a very that was that's actually my favorite book that I wrote. That sounds uh, dope. So, um, yeah, man, those are the four books I had. And like I said, I'm putting out three this year. So um, support it, man. Um, pass the word along um, to, to people you know who love to read. Um, yeah, man, I appreciate I appreciate everyone. And I often get messages from people asking me questions, strangers thanking me for stuff that I wrote, man. It's, it's overwhelming, man. And, and definitely pray for me come um, June 4th, man. I hope I win this award for the home team, man. Take three. All right, man, you fuck hoping you got it. It's in the bag. I want to thank you personally for staying up and, you know, hearing me talk my bullshit and just welcoming, you know, your presence on the podcast, bro. I appreciate it. Um, This is Chris Williams, C-Will, love, peace, prosperity. This opinionated facts, everybody. Peace. Peace.